You are listening to the Center Church Podcast. Center Church is an unapologetic urban church in the heart of Richmond for the heart of Richmond. Our mission is simple, to empower people towards a life-giving journey with Jesus. Enjoy the podcast. Well, good morning. The sun has returned. You may be seated. It, I mean, I wasn't sure. I honestly, I got to the point where I was like, I'm not sure we'll ever see the sun again. Uh, I hope we do. I'm hopeful that the sun will return one day. And yet here we are. It's been a solid week of rain, it feels like, right? Anyone else like seriously affected by the rain and just get so bummed out? Are you with me? Anyone? Yeah, some of you. Um, I, I grow impatient when it rains for multiple days. I'm like, okay, it's time for the sun to return. Not only that, I have to confess something about my patience to you. I, I'm a honker in the car. I also, I honk in the car. I lived in Chicago for graduate school where I uh, studied for what's called a Master's of Divinity. It sounds like Harry Potter school, very similar. <laughs> you learn some spells. <laughs> they give you a stick uh, and it's pretty neat. So I learned to be a honker as well in Chicago because everyone honks. I mean, the light can turn green and you can be accelerating and people are like, you're not going fast enough. And they lay in on the horn. And so I wanted to ask you, as our young people are going into the back with our friend Casey, Casey, give us a wave. Um, Our VIPs, our young friends are going to go into the back. And as the kids are leaving, can you wave at them and say hello and just that we love them? They are so precious. Um, We all know the song, Jesus Loves the Little Children. I'm not going to make you sing it, but it's true. Um, Hey, listen, so um, I wanted to ask, and I want you to pass the piece. Turn to your neighbor. I'm a honker, but where do you lack patience in your life? Where is somewhere in your life that you know you need to be patient, uh, but you just lack the patience? Go ahead and turn to your neighbor and share. Pass the piece. Say hello. Say uh, peace be with you. And share, where do you lack patience in your life? Where do you lack patience? I like seeing y'all on the front row. That feels right to me. That feels good. Where do you lack patience in your life? Where do you lack patience? in your life. Maybe it's waiting uh, for a new season to come out, like flight attendant just came out and I feel at peace again. Barry just came back out on HBO and I can feel at peace once again because I have television shows to watch. Where do you lack patience? Uh, Maybe it's sitting at a stoplight. Ooh, and resting and just sitting and waiting, but instead, You lack some patience, and so you try to multitask. We're great at multitasking, aren't we? I mean, we we try to fit as much as we can into our day, and that's what we're going to be talking about. You know, many of us um, in this room, since we've sent the kids out, we are full-grown adults. 
Um, but few of us have actually taken the time to actually grow. <laughs> Isn't that true? Many of us were full-grown adults, but few of us have taken the time to actually grow in our life. That means taking a hard look at some of our habits, whether that's honking, <laughs> and our attitudes, and seeing if it actually aligns in the way of God. Uh, this is why Paul, I mean, he lists off a series of attributes that can reveal to us the places in our, our life that maybe we're missing the mark in the way of God. The, the fruits of the Spirit that Paul lists off, this is kind of a litmus test for us. Are we kind? Are we patient? Are we loving? You see, the reason it's a litmus test for Paul is because he realizes that God's gifts, they should grow us. And that's true. God's gifts, they do, in fact, grow us, don't they? If you live in a way that is a sacrament, that is uh, faithful, you will grow. The first week, we talked about life as a sacrament, and that one of the gifts of God is extending our table, bringing in a diverse group of people into our lives, creating space for them to speak into our lives, and learning and what? Growing from their experience. Last week, we talked about uh, the fruit of, of faithfulness. We said that faithfulness is not about a lack of questions or doubts. You can be faithful and still doubt who God is and, and maybe even have questions about who God is. That's what we talked about last week. And this week, we're going to talk about patience. You see, patience is the opposite of hurry. And our world is full of hurry because, friends, we can accomplish anything. The only limitation is our box of time. But within that box of time, we can accomplish absolutely anything we want. You see, the problem with having the ability to accomplish anything is that we actually try to fit in what? Everything, don't we? I mean, I mean we try to do it all, sometimes all at once. And we're so consumed with keeping up with others' expectations or with what others are accomplishing around us that we actually end up destroying ourselves, don't we? Have you ever felt overwhelmed by the expectations that other people seem to be meeting, but you're having a hard time meeting yourself? Do you ever feel overwhelmed that it seems that everyone is accomplishing seemingly everything well, you're hanging on by a thread. Often, I think this is true of many of us, that the possibility of anything leads us to everything, and the result is actually nothing. Be patient on that for a minute. The possibility of anything, it leads us to everything, and the result is, ironically, Nothing. You see, the more we hurry and fret, the less we're actually left with. And in the psalm that we just heard, Psalm 37, 1 through 7, the psalmist is really clear. Verse 1, do not fret, do not worry, do not hustle because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong, who may be multitask, take on too much, put too much on their plate. 
For they, like the grass, they will soon wither because it's not sustainable. You can't do it all and live a full life. You can't pack more stuff into your soul and think that you're actually going to thrive. It's not possible, the psalmist says. Like green plants, they will soon die away. It looks like they're thriving. It looks like they're flirty and 30. (laughs) But they are dying inside. Have you ever met someone that you can tell They're on a train track of death because of how much they're trying to take on. In pastoral ministry, we have this like really toxic view of hustle. We think that the pastors who overschedule themselves or are always at the church building or always doing or being at every meeting are the ones that are thriving. And it is just not true. They're the ones that are burning out. And yet here we are telling people on staff that they need to be at more, that they need to do on more, that they need to take on more. And for what? So that we have one less person that's called to the pulpit? So that we we just destroy people that are gifted and called? There has to be a better way. And the psalmist tells us there is. There is good news. There is hope. So why do we try to keep up with those that hurry? Why do we try to add more and more until there's less and less of us? And I am guilty of all of this. I try to put my boys to bed sometimes, the nights that it's me, and it's usually Devin, admittedly, because I'm busy doing other things, sending emails, sending text messages. I try to multitask. And you see, I think hurry and worry and fretting and hustling and grinding, there are three important results to that. One is our decreased capacity to love those around us, (laughs) to make time for the people you love most. You know what I'm talking about? The other is that we just don't take time to actually process When's the last time you actually thought about how you felt about something you read in the news? When's the last time you actually just stopped and considered? And three, hurry destroys our creative ability to discover, doesn't it? When's the last time you did something that you actually enjoyed? When's the last time you found something new and you asked questions about it? That you engaged in the holy act of discovery to to see what God might be uncovering before your very eyes, maybe within your soul, maybe a new passion. You see, we are so busy just going and going and going and going and going that we don't actually discover who we are too busy trying to become what we think we are. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? And do we really have to wither? Do we really have to be products of death? Death is not a gift of God. The Bible is actually really clear about something different. It's called eternal life. We are reminded to be patient. The Lord 
will make things right. The gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The Lord will restore. But the question is, do we actually believe it? Do we actually believe it? My fear is that we don't. My hunch, my instinct, my doing is that we don't. James 5.8, pay attention to this, says this, you too be patient and stand firm because the Lord is coming near. This is, this is a present coming. The Lord is coming near. So be patient and stand firm. My hunch is that at some point today, you've already worried about something. Maybe for you, it was just being worried about getting to church on time. Maybe you have little friends, and it's just hard to get out the door. Maybe it was a fear that your partner squeezed the toothpaste wrong, and they did, and you're mad and worried about that. How am I going to have the conversation yet again with them that you don't squeeze from the middle? Maybe it's something more serious than that. Maybe you're concerned about the rising costs of groceries. Maybe you're concerned about the increasing division that is taking place in churches across America. You see, the ancient Greek word that James uses in this particular text is macrothymia for patient. Macrothymia. God bless you. This is a stead... That's such a dad joke. <laughs> This is a steadfast patience. This is the kind of patience that is in the midst of suffering. <laughs> that the world is bombarding you with something over and over and over. You, you are at the throes of something unjust. Macrothymia is this idea that rather than turning to vile retribution... Rather than quickly turning and just acting, that you actually wait and trust in the Lord. That you wait and trust and find hope in the Lord. This word is not acting with swift retribution after wrongdoing, but trusting that Christ will restore all things. When we say an RVA as it is in heaven, we are talking about a present reality that can and will take place if we are patient. Whew. Some of you need to hear that today. And our giftedness plays a role in that. The gifts of God for the people of God, yes. But the gifts of God for our city who are also the people of God. This isn't just for the church. It's the commissioning of the church. Does that make sense to everyone? This is our extension into the city that we can offer a presence of steadfastness in the face of vile injustice that exists. 
This is why patience is so important to Paul. And I'm sorry, I'm going to go slightly longer today, but I need to get this in. When Paul is rattling off fruits of the Spirit, this is why it's so important, because Paul knows that where there is hurry, where there is worry, where there is an absence of trust, where there is swift retribution, there is an absence of trust in Christ that Christ will restore. That is what is so vile when pastors add more and more to their plate. And so what is so vile about our propensity to overschedule, to say yes to everything, meanwhile saying no to the one thing that can actually give us life, Christ. Mm. I, I'm reminded of Psalms 13. It's this uh, psalm of lament that David shares. How long, O Lord... How long will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer. David's almost like yelling at God at this point. Oh, Lord, my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say, I have overcome him with my busy schedule, and my foes will rejoice when I fail. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in not my salvation, but in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. How long, O oh God? How long must I turn on the news on a Saturday night and see that 13 people were shot in Buffalo because of white nationalism, because of extremism, because of exceptionalism, because of Americanism. How long, oh God, must we wait when we find out that an 18-year-old has been indoctrinated by those very tenants that are being perpetuated in the church? How long, oh God, must we wait because I want to act. I want to find every white nationalist and take matters into my own hands. Are you with me on that? I want to retribute. But we must wait. We must be patient. And we must trust that the Lord is doing. Now, does that mean we don't act on behalf because of our giftedness? No. We march in the streets until there is equality. We advocate for equitable policies until those who are in harm's way are brought to safety. We continue to speak out and against as faithful participants in the way of the restoration of Christ. How long, O oh Lord, must we wait? We wait with faithful participation in the places that Christ is at work. We don't desynthesize. 
sensitize ourselves to the news of yet another mass shooting. We're patient with it. We read it. We rest on it. We sit. Do not fall into complacency. Do not pick up your phone and swipe up to Instagram as soon as you read a hard headline. Do not multitask when something new is brought to your attention because that is what you have been conditioned to do. Multitask, multitask, multitask. Forget about it. Just keep going, keep going. That is not the way of patience. You see what I'm saying here, people? You want to do justice in the world? Be patient. See, bear witness to what is taking place. I'm sorry. I had to say that. We call out politicians that would rather protect economic interest than advocating for lives. In RVA as it is in heaven, do you believe it? Do you trust it? <laughs> Do you see it? Or is it a little too uncomfortable for you? Have you been conditioned to the way of multitasking? The psalmist says in 3 and 4, trust in the Lord and what? Do good. Trust in the Lord and do There's a swift decline in churches that are settling for a lukewarm theology, for safety and complacency. Trust in the Lord and do good, say good, be good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Not just safety for you, not just safety because of the color of your skin, because of your choice of love but safety for all people. Do good so that the land you dwell on is a safe pasture for all people. An RVA as it is in heaven. Are you with me? <laughs> and take delight in the Lord. And what's going to happen? He'll give you the desire of your heart. What is the desire of your heart? Do you know it? Do you actually know what you would like to see. And the problem is that many of us, we actually don't know what our souls need. <laughs> many of us, we just aren't aware. We're comfortably numb. We're partying. We're hanging out. We're, we're 30 and flirty again. And it's been a long time since I've been 30. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> Held to you. All right. John Wesley had this really interesting phrase that he would often ask at accountability groups. I, I really love this. Before he would start an accountability group, he would ask a really simple question. And our first instinct when we hear this question is to go to an eschatological place. That's a fancy word for thinking about what happens when we die. But that was not John Wesley's question at the beginning of his accountability group. He would ask something really simple but so profound that few of us have actually asked ourselves recently. How is it with your soul? <laughs> How is it with your soul? 
Do you know? Do you know? Have you sat in discomfort? Have you approached the places that you've tried to shove down, to hide away from? I'm going to read the final verses here to you of the psalmist of our scripture reading today. I'm going to invite the band up. How is it with your soul? Take a moment. It's going to be uncomfortable for the next minute. But rest. How is it with your soul? Take a deep breath for me. And exhale. And let this final verse rest over you. Be still before the Lord. And wait patiently for him. Be still before the Lord. And wait Patiently. Be still before the Lord and wait. Be still before the Lord. Still before be still and may you be may you be in the name of the three and one Amen